Well, this morning is uh, our first morning of local evangelism month. Uh, Although last Sunday night I began to uh, introduce the theme uh, for us. And and so what you'll hear this morning is really part 2B uh, of that uh, thought. And I kind of had to rearrange uh, some of those things. But I am so thankful that we as a church have committed to remembering Local Evangelism Month each and every year. And it's a reminder for us that, you know, we're not just giving lip service to, to reaching out to others with the sake, or for the sake of the gospel, but we really want to truly motivate us to share the love of Christ with others. So we're going to be looking at 1 John chapter 3 together this morning. So if you have your Bibles, open up to 1 John chapter 3 where we'll be looking at verses 16 through 18. And my hope is that our communion devotion this morning will frame what we're going to think about for the rest of this month. That it will help us to kind of uh, have the framework to hang uh, some very practical challenges and encouragements to be the gospel messengers that Christ has called us to be. Right where you have been placed, whether it's St. John's, DeWitt, Ovid, Elsie, Fowler, Fulton, Maple Rapids, etc. Wherever you are, God has called you to be his witness for the love of Christ. And our hope is that Local Evangelism Month motivates us to do exactly that. 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Our first point this morning is this. Genuine love pursues the restoration of others. If you see there in verse 16, it says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. You and I are loved by our creator God. God loved us and sent his son. That is the very foundation of everything that we need to know and understand as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. This should be our, our understanding at stage one because it should motivate everything else that we do as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we look very carefully at God's love for us, we we see that the motivation was God's love for us to restore us into a relationship with us, to redeem us, to reclaim that which was broken, to redeem a rebellious people who were bent upon their own path, doing their own thing, following their own desires, and God sent Jesus Christ into the world to redeem us and to restore us into that relationship back with him. For God so loved the world that he sent his Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God loved us and sent his Son. That's the reason. His love for us and to restore us into that relationship with him. Genuine love pursues restoration. God demonstrated that for us. We didn't deserve his love. We didn't deserve his mercy. We didn't deserve his grace. And yet he would do everything necessary to redeem us, 
in sending Christ to the cruel cross of Calvary to be beaten, to suffer, and to die in our place. That's what genuine love looks like. Genuine love is a love that pursues that kind of restoration. So when we talk about loving others too often, we don't really mean that kind of love. We're, we're talking about the love that the world knows and understands instead of the kind of love that is just pursuing restoration and pursuing the good and the benefit of the other person. Too often we think of the world's easy love, the love that makes us feel good, the love that makes us happy, the love that doesn't cost us much. But God's love costs everything. We might say things like, I'll love, her, I'll love others as long as it doesn't cost me my time, my money, my sacrifice, etc., etc., etc. Genuine love pursues restoration even at great cost. That is the example that, of genuine love that Christ has given to us. In 1 John 4, 9-10 through 10, it says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Jesus Christ came into this world to demonstrate that love is sacrifice. He came to be the propitiation, the payment. He took the penalty for our sins so that we could have a restored relationship with God, and he would get the glory forever and ever. But I think it is important for us that we do understand that God's love is for us. The restoration that he wants to happen is for our good and our benefit, and he pursues us. Because of the gospel, because of what Jesus has done for us, because of his sacrifice, we now have unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor in the eyes of God. He now looks at us as his child instead of his enemy. He now looks at us as his own prized possession instead of someone who should be separated from him because of our sinfulness and our brokenness. He sees us with loving eyes because of what Christ has done for us. He did that for us. And not because we deserve it. And let's also be clear, God doesn't need my love. He doesn't need your love. God is in need of nothing. And yet he deserves our worship. He deserves our praise because he is our, our creator God who loves us. And because he loves us, even though he didn't need it, he sent Christ for us. Our rebellion separated us from him. Our sin should have kept us separated from him. But God, in his infinite love, sent Christ to die for us so that we could have a restored relationship with him. Boyce, addressing this concept, says this, what is it that gives the love of God as seen in the cross its special character? Primarily, it is the element of self-sacrifice on behalf of those who are totally undeserving and even undesirous of the sacrifice. While we were yet sinners, separated from him, not wanting God, not pursuing God, thinking we didn't need God, he sent Jesus to redeem us. Jesus demonstrates sacrificial love because he did it for us. The second thing I want us to notice in our text this morning is that love compels us to lay down our lives. 
Not only does the gospel demonstrate for us what love is, it tells us what love does. It's not simply enough to describe love for us. It is the example of what you and I must, should and must do. This is what we ought to do. The love of Christ that is in us is what we ought to do as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't stand back and say, well, it's, it's okay, I, I can be unloving. You see, before we knew Christ, we were just like the world, groping around, lost in darkness, separated from him, just like everyone who doesn't know Jesus, we were lost in our sin. And he reached out and he saved us. He redeemed us. We just study, finished studying the book of Ephesians in a sermon series from Pastor Tim. Back in Ephesians 2, 11 through 12, which seems like a year ago. It may have been. It says this, remember that at one time you Gentiles, which is me and you, and all of us mostly, were without Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. That's what we were like. Without hope, without God, separated from him. And he loved us. And so we need to love others with that, that kind of love. If the love of Christ is in us, we should want to. We are compelled to. We must love others. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15 addresses this. It says, For the love of Christ controls us. In the NIV, in other translations, it says, compels us. The love of Christ controls, compels us, means it must be ingrained in us, must be inseparable from who we are, it must be part of our character and nature, must be woven into the fabric of who we are. The love of Christ compels us because we have concluded this that one has died for all therefore all have died and he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves but for him who for their sake died and was raised the love of christ compels us to to know his love and to live for the one who died for us that's what local evangelism month is about know christ Know the love of God and let that love compel you to live for the sake of others. I hesitated to say this, but I want us to understand that love is a litmus test. Love is a litmus test of our faith. Look at verse 17. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Love is a litmus test of, of our genuine faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Okay? If you, if you know, you know. If you were on a missions trip where we sang a song to, about the fruit of the Spirit, you know. And, and we need to be reminded that it starts with love. The fruit of the Spirit is that which takes place in us because the love of God is in us. Love is one of the litmus tests. Now, we are broken, fallen, sinful people even after we know Christ. And there's going to be times when we all fall and we all stumble. But if you say that I am a person who is not characterized by love, I would say that you are not a person that is characterized by the Spirit of the Holy Spirit of God living in you. Love is a litmus test. One commentator says this. He says, we should never confuse being moral with being Christian, but we cannot claim to be Christian 
if we ignore morality. Being loving does not mean you know Jesus. But if you do know Jesus, you must love. You must. The love of Christ compels us if the love of Christ is in us. This does not mean that, that we should be going around critiquing everybody and, and saying, oh, this is unloving. Are you sure you know Jesus? That, that, that's not the whole point of this message. That will save for a different sermon, maybe. But we need to understand, to examine our own lives and, and ask myself, is the love of Christ in me? Do I love others? Am I compelled by the sake of the gospel to pour my life into, into the brothers and, and in, into the world and to share the gospel and to do the things that God has called me to do? Am, am I compelled and, and am, am I under an understanding that that is what Christ wants from me? And then I'm motivated by that love to go love. If it's not, we need to examine ourselves. We must first and foremost ask that question. That's why I call it a litmus test. Am I compelled to love? Am I controlled by love? Am I, am I living a life demonstrating love? And am I no longer living for myself, but for the love of Christ that is in me? Because the life I live is no longer my own, for I have been bought by the blood and by the love of Christ. You see, that is a question that all of us need to ask ourselves. Is the love of God demonstrated in my life? And our last thing that I want us to think about and to look at this morning is, and we'll do it very quickly, if we are God's children, we will love others. If we're compelled to love, then we must understand that if we are God's children, we will love others. Understand the beauty of being God's child. That is, first and foremost, when we know the love of Christ, we know what that means to us. Maybe you're here this morning and and you are so young, you don't remember what you were like before Christ. Well, in your deepest, darkest, sinful moments after Christ, you were worse than that. Think of the last time that you were in sin and you were worse than that. We're all unworthy. We're all undeserving. We're all, don't, there's nothing that we can do to earn the love of God. And that is the beauty of being God's child, is that he loved us anyway. In our sinfulness and in our brokenness, he redeemed us. God makes the broken things of this world beautiful, and he uses us then as vessels for his honor and for his glory, so that when they look at you, when they look at me, they don't see the love of Chad, they don't see the love of you, they see the love of God flowing out from you and from me. That is the beauty of being God's child, but we also have the responsibility of being God's child. John Piper, as he's Discussing this passage of scripture says this, there is an oughtness to our love for others. And I like making up words too, so I'm with John Piper there. There's an oughtness to our love for others. It is the moral imperative of love that is at the very heart of the gospel. We ought to reflect for others the same kind of love that Jesus had for us. We ought to delight so much in doing them good that we are willing to give up our very lives for them. We're not often called to give up our lives, but we are called to give up many things in this world for the sake of loving others that God has placed in our lives. 
And the last thing I want us to understand about being God's children is that children are a prized possession. That's why in this passage of, of Scripture, John calls them spiritual children. He, he calls them little children. He's not talking just to kids. He's talking about the spiritual children, those who know Christ as your Savior, those who are a child of God. When you know what it means to be a prized possession of God, it should compel us and motivate us to Spread that kind of love to others. Know that if you know Christ, you are a dear and prized possession. And he has called you and saved you and and poured his love into you. And he wants you to pour that love out into others in the world around you. We have a very special place in the eyes of God as his vessels of love that we are to reach out to others. Our theme this month is loving kids, reaching the community. There is no greater demonstration of the power of God than to love others and to demonstrate for kids who may see from no other person in their life what genuine love looks like, what genuine grace looks like, what genuine mercy and compassion looks like. To those who are weak and powerless, demonstrating the love of God can be an eternal life-changing decision and it can change their destiny and when we love kids like that when this church and us as families and individuals reach out into our community and we are known that is the church that loves kids and loves others that is a beautiful testimony of the goodness of god in our lives and it's not because of who we are it's because of the love of god which compels us to share with others perhaps i would even say that the Perhaps the greatest way that we can impact the community is love. And those who may need it most are kids. And we shouldn't love with the easy kind of love that the world already has to offer. We need to love with the self-sacrificial, the costly, the extravagant kind of love. The love that sent Christ to the cross for your sins and for mine. So that we could love others. The love of Christ is our example. Help us, Lord, we pray, to to love the community in that way, to love people in that way. I want to close with a quote from Warren Wearsby. He makes a great point to most Christians. He said, every Christian knows John 3.16, but how many of us pay attention to 1 John 3.16? Christ laid down his life for us that we ought to lay down our lives Christian love involves sacrifice and service. Christ did not simply talk about his love. He died to prove it. And so when we celebrate the Lord's Supper this morning, we are celebrating the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ, the only one who could purchase our redemption, that could be the propitiation for our sins. He was the only one who could do that. But you and I are the only ones who live where we're at who can reach out with that kind of love to the people in our community. So we need to be considering, who is it, Lord, that I can love with the love of Christ in sacrifice and in service to them so that you, Lord, might receive honor and glory when that person comes to know you as Savior. There are so many people in this world who are lost and hurting, and God has called you and I to be the demonstration of this kind of love, this kind of sacrifice, so that they can know Christ as their Savior. At this time, we will celebrate the Lord's Supper together.